What's up, everybody? Welcome to The State of Wild, episode 122, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by two good friends and co-host, Raffle and Corbett. Guys, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. You know, I've been noticing more and more uh, even Death Knights on the ladder, and I feel like um, the three of us should take sole and personal responsibility for that. So you're welcome, everyone. Um or at least you're welcome for like the easy ranks if you've been the folks uh, climbing with that deck. Ruffle, I thought we agreed we weren't giving me out any credit. On I was about to say, I... dude, I'll take the free credit after last week. Sure, sure. Uh, right. Uh, so high five, Corb. Yeah. Just Hell to... yeah! All right. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, I didn't even reach. <laughs> um. Yeah. Death Knight is. Uh, there's probably like a lot of that going on, and um. Yeah. I mean, even Death Knight, the unholy version, at least. Uh. One of the one of the decks that kind of like got a big benefit out of these recent buffs and stuff. Um, although Ruffle, you've been able to push the Frost version, which actually looks a lot better than I thought. Uh, like I was probably overly dismissive, but that deck um, actually seems very, very strong, like a, a perfectly viable alternative. So another classic, uh, even meta breaker from Ruffle back to back years. Yeah, I'm not gonna claim that it's uh, the better version, or especially um, after some of the conversations that we'll be having, um, you know, and the the recent changes, it's definitely not the better version. But you know, it's a uh, it, it, it's a fun way to play Thassarian, which has some of the coolest art in uh, in the most recent set. So, yeah. all right, so uh, you guys have kind of alluded to it. We had a big balance patch on uh, on Thursday, so it has been what two days <laughs> uh, to when we're recording. So. We're, we're going to be doing really, really quick impressions. We're going to be getting back on a more normal recording podcast, you know, schedule. And so uh, basically just going to run through all of the balance patches this week. Talk about, you know, what they were, what they did, and uh, kind of our impressions, uh, you know, first couple days of the wild meta that resulted. Um, all right, let's start with nerfs. Let's start with the, uh, I think, the really, really big ones. Uh, that is Wildpond Knoll and Sinstone Graveyard. Uh, so Knoll, they have absolutely gutted. Uh, and I feel like this is like the fifth time that Null has been changed as well. Um, but it now no longer gets discounted uh, by the Maestra interaction. So you have to specifically add non-rogue cards to your hand in order to discount the Null. Um, which means that Null is kind of dead outside of like a dedicated thief deck. Um, and then Sinstone Graveyard. Uh, still three mana, uh, but the ghost that you worked so hard for no longer has stealth. The opponent has, you know, the immediate ability... Uh, to interact with it um so yeah both of these changes uh, i guess we'll start with corb you're, you're the miracle rogue guy how are you feeling um not good man uh i i really enjoyed the miracle rogue deck and yeah like you said the null version is completely gutted um i i've played a little bit of miracle rogue like i really tried to to make it work and i couldn't figure it out like it, it just did not feel good at all for multiple reasons it's also like meta developments that uh have been a bit harsh i think to miracle rogue but we'll probably get into that later um but yeah i don't know like i never want to count rogue out because i feel like every time you uh you try and you know like dismiss rogue it comes back like two weeks later with a, another like perfect 30 deck and you know just rises back up to tier one so we'll have to wait and see um but you know maybe the mini set will come out before we even get that chance because we can't be too far away from that yeah i, I think that's probably true i, I mean foreshadowing we've already i've already personally seen some uh rogue lists popping up in standard i don't know how good mm -hmm. they are um you know across the board but um yeah doesn't look gr <laughs> like it's a, you know it's a, it's a pretty big hit um yeah 
That said, as much as I like Miracle Rogue, it was probably too strong even, you know, after the, the second wave of nerfs. And I think with Wild Pod Null in particular, I think this is like maybe getting back to the true like design intention of the card, like the, the interaction with uh, some of the rogue cards with Maestra um, always felt a little bit like unintuitive and like not in the spirit of the, the card, which, you know, is a you know, pretty subjective uh meaningless thing but at, at the same time it else it kind of felt gross potion belt really highlighted that um as well as like shroud of concealment kind of did in the past and like even secret passage the, the all those just kind of felt yucky <laughs> and uh you know now it's probably more you know it's it's back to essentially where it's been balanced outside of uh, some of those interactions and uh, removing the stealth from the the ghost for Sinstone Graveyard is something that like the player base has been kind of calling for for a while, just because like it, it you know it feels bad to have all these cards dumped into play and then like the big payoff for that you can't really remove and and like that that feels pretty bad. So I think it's you know both of these um, hit pretty hard, um, but to kind of in line with uh you know what the player base was was hoping for and you know, especially in standard people were kind of getting a little sick of uh, Miracle Rogue, I think. Just just a little sick. It was only like 50% of the meta at, at High Legend. Just, they had the reasons, I guess. Um, okay, so the Null Nerf feels like it automatically just makes the deck a lot worse against other aggressive decks and also makes it a little bit harder to pop off is kind of the, the big impact there. And then, I don't know, I, I haven't played Miracle Rogue, but the fact that those don't have stealth and you just kind of get to trade into it, like, I feel like also... Shadow or Death or Arson Accusation or cards like that just get 10 times better because you don't even get to connect with the Ghost once against the slow deck, uh, which is a huge deal. Uh, so that makes it kind of what feels like the what were already not good matchups for Milk Rogue even worse. So let's move on to the uh, the next set of nerfs here. Uh, moving into Demon Hunter, so this was like the other big deck in Standard. Um, wasn't really a thing in Wild, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but Final Showdown, so the, the Demon Hunter quest line, uh, the first... Uh, was it the first step, I guess, uh, has been nerfed from drawing four cards in a turn to drawing six cards in a turn. They kind of just didn't want this to be a thing. Uh, and so they kind of, it feels like Warsonged it, um, but... Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I I read on Reddit earlier that this is actually a stealth buff because you get more cards discounted. I, I did read that Reddit post and just... Mm. So it... Explain yourself, Meow. Are you telling me that we should be talking about this down in the uh, in the buffs category? No, I'm saying that uh, this is a possible reversion when it rotates into wild because yeah. it's never really done anything super broken there. And so maybe it very, very quickly just goes back to where it was. And uh, um, I don't know uh, that like it, it doesn't really do much in wild because you need to cheat a lot more mana than this is capable of. And you need a lot stronger uh, cards to cheat into with Demon Hunter to, to be successful in wild. Oh no, it's just, you know, Demon Hunter. Um, yeah. <laughs> like they, they nuked a thing that didn't exist in Wild, basically. At least upside, like, it will make people stop playing Quest Demon Hunter in Wild, which should increase Demon Hunter's class win rate. So, <laughs> you know, big win for Demon Hunter. Alright, the, uh, the other Demon Hunter nerf here, though, uh, was Sinful Brand. So something that was seeing a little bit of experimentation as people kind of adapted standard list. Uh, people playing the, the spell uh, Demon Hunter list with all the little token generators with Rush, and then you could Sinful Brand uh, and just deal uh, pretty crazy burst damage, just like you could in Standard. Uh, people were just like just starting to experiment with that, and now it's 
kind of dead it feels like with sinful brand to uh to two mana just a lot harder to combo and in wild mana is a big limiting factor when games are, are as quick as they are yeah having played that deck a, a fair amount i think it like it, it felt close right there's a lot of uh really quite strong like healing potential with the the new um spell damage plus the the new lifesteal stuff um and then that got nerfed uh, the first round and that kind of took a big hit um but like it, it was a pretty good you know anti-aggro uh opening that the that the deck had that it could clear a lot of boards and just kind of win that way um but uh, yeah i think this is a much more impactful nerf in in wild at least uh than than the quest line just because that deck felt a little close and not only are you doubling its cost but like there are a lot of situations where you play both of the sinful brands or want to play both of the sinful brands to have the damage and that's just not a possibility anymore so that's just going to be way too slow like no amount of healing makes uh four mana instead of two mana uh fast enough for the for the wild format uh yeah just um the type of card where you kind of need every mana to work with because you know it, it makes such a huge difference with how fast the format is so yep uh brutal nerf but an understandable one because the card was probably not very fun for a lot of people uh these are two nerfs that i think i i'm hoping get reverted uh simple they are demon in, in hunter cards. yeah, yeah. They, they are demon hunter cards we, yes they should be reverted that is yeah. the rule well they are demon hunter cards so they're not going to be which is kind of the rule that we've seen in the past couple of years right? oh yeah, yeah but... well i mean Elganoth <laughs> came back that was one uh, out of like 25 true. right yeah no, i i think like no one if like we're taking it a bit more seriously it's like i think the reason demon hunter again doesn't get as many reverts as you might expect is because they have such a limited card pool which means that they probably might look at these cards back into the core set compared to other classes and so obviously the quest line that's never going back in the core set so like that seems like a very likely candidate for sure all right, let's move on to our next one here. Uh, Shock Spitter, uh, getting hit another time. Oh. It went from two to three, and now it's going from three to four. But fastest, at least this time, the fastest ever double nerf. Yeah. Oh, Hunter. Hunter means in shambles. Uh, at least this time, he got a stat buff, right? From two two to three three. That totally makes up for the fact that it now costs four mana. Uh, it already felt like not very good at three mana, and I feel like going from three to four just like absolutely kills uh, the spit deck, which is a little bit sad, but. I feel like yeah, it had to happen for standard, right? Doesn't feel great. Um, maybe there's something cute you could do with like a like the blood splitter plus uh, this and even hunter, but that's not gonna ever be fast enough for the the format. <laughs> so there's just like yeah, this this card has been destroyed. Like you used to be able to play it for zero with harpoon gun. Now you're paying it for it, playing it for its old full cost when you harpoon gun it, and you're 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 supposed to be happy about that no like it, it, rip shocks better mm, yeah finally time to remove uh pepe spit i think from my channel <laughs> um all right next one is uh glacial advance uh so it's the three mana one frost uh frost spell for death knight uh that said deal four damage your next spell this turn cost two less uh, they have now nerfed it to three mana, deal four damage. Your next spell this turn cost one less. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of hoping this was going to get nudged to four and still discount by two so that we could play it in that even Frost Death Knight. Um, but with uh, with the nerf that it did get, uh, how are we feeling about it for Wild? Uh, it's significantly, significantly worse. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> it's still two mana deal four though. Um, so like, it's still a problem, like, 
a playable card in a Frost Death Knight if you're playing that for some reason because you have so few playable cards in Frost Death Knight or just like literally any Death Knight that isn't even. I mean, that's realistically why even is the the go-to for Death Knight right now is just the limited card pool. You make up for it with a strong hero power. And so, like, yeah, you probably still play it in a Frost Death Knight because what are your options? Yeah, putting it to four could have been fun, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of a little bit sad about this one. Not because of anything right now, but I think long term, this is the type of card that maybe could have been like in a type of deck that I liked for Wild. But we're we're so far away from like Wild specific DK decks and things like that. It's only really now that even Demon Hunter is starting to kind of flesh out and do things. So uh, not worth worrying about for me because it was never really a thing. All right, so let's move on to the uh, the last big nerf here, especially for Wild, uh, and that is Astalor. So Astalor was in 70-plus percent of standard decks, so we all kind of knew he was going to get nerfed. Uh, I think a lot of people were expecting just, like, his mana cost to go up to 369, but uh, instead they have decided to adjust the, the mana thirst cost on the first two stages. Uh, so now you have a 2-mana two 2-2, two two, mana thirst 5, deal 2. Uh, the 5-5, five five, you have to be at 8 mana in order to gain the armor. And then they brought down the damage on the last stage by two points. Uh, one on the base of one of the mana thirst. So uh, a little bit of a nudge at the top end. Uh, and he's just a little bit less flexible, I guess, uh, on those first two stages. Uh, it does look like the nerf has been super impactful uh, for standard. Um, at least in terms of like knocking down his popularity. Uh, but how are you guys feeling about the card's power now uh, in the wild format? I mean, it's... Certainly a worse card, right? Um, I feel like given how excessively played and powerful it was, like compare this to the... I I can't help but compare this to the Renathal nerf, right? Because Renathal was supposedly nerfed for a similar reason in that it was too popular. Well, Astolar was way more popular and uh, because he was way more powerful. And so I feel like they, they went really heavy-handed with a, a Renathal nerf and then a light touch with Astalor that, um, you know, I would have I, I would have been happy with um, the, the 369. I also would have been happy with 369 in the mana cost and reducing the, the damage of, uh, of the final thing. I think he just flat out does too much. Um, I think that's still the case, although he does too much, but a little bit slower. I have absolutely noticed uh, differences in terms of like, especially the uh, the first instance of him um, in like aggressive mirrors or as a control deck trying to you know stymie the aggression of my opponent. Like that two damage coming out to turn later does make a difference, um, but I think it's still just a card that you put in every Reno deck. It's a card that you put in you know a substantial number of even decks even which like i think you're still just running this card in a lot of decks and i i, I think it might justify another nerf in the future because the, i think the the touch the, the touch was a little too light and like again comparing this to the renathal nerf gutting an already you know marginally strong card <laughs> and this one where it's you know 70 80% of decks because it's so strong and then not like it just kind of seems inconsistent to me yeah um i mean it's not just renathal right it's like that anathras nerf where that was mm -hmm. just like completely killed um i guess it also is about the timing of the nerfs right with denathrius was headed into a new expansion so they just wanted to get rid of it completely whereas astalor is still quite young um i don't know though i i don't know if i quite agree though about the uh 
power level and stuff of Astalor, where, like, I, I saw the nerf, and I thought it was a mistake, like, straight up. I, I thought this was way too light, like, the, this is such little change, um, it's still probably going to be a problem with things like Shadow Step and yada yada yada, it was way too cheap. Playing the card, I actually don't, I don't know if it's just because I'm playing Wild mostly, like, in Wild, he just doesn't feel that great, uh, straight up. I, like, it might be because my expectations are so high compared to the pre-nerf version, and I haven't played, like, a ton you know, since the, it's a hard thing to, like, really evaluate, but I've actually just been a generally kind of underwhelmed by Astlor, um, which is quite bizarre, so I don't know if it's just because, like, the type of decks that I've been playing against and things like that, but it's definitely, I thought the nerf was too light, and now I'm playing it, and I'm like, okay, this actually seems like it was harder than I thought. I think my, my first impressions have been, because he doesn't get value now until five and eight on those first two steps, he's a lot worse in aggressive decks right so decks like even shaman uh that were playing him because he's just like a great car that gave you an eight mana deal eight or a 10 mana deal 16 in the matchups that you wanted it in um it feels like those decks were at the point in a while like you can't get away with playing a two mana two two do nothing you can't really get away with playing a five mana five five do nothing in a lot of matchups and so it feels like it really hurts astralor's performance in those decks but i feel like in slow control decks like reno decks you probably still get away with this and it like you still want the Astalor because uh, you still have all the other control tools and stuff but I don't like I think performance and stuff like even Death Knight and even Shama is the thing to keep an eye on uh, especially when it comes to Astalor yeah and I agree with Corb that like the, the impact is probably felt harder in those types of decks but I think you know an underrated aspect of uh, Astalor is the the curve fixing and the um the additional like just resources that you get out of him in an even deck like even death knight and even shaman which don't have a lot of resource generation nor do they have because of the nature of their hero power have um you know great curves in certain turns and astolar helps fix that so even if it is just a five five like i don't know in, in those types of decks because they're so reliant on the hero power they just need card to play sometimes mm -hmm. um and Astolor provides that in a single card still. I, I will f agree with Corb that he does absolutely feel worse to play, but like <laughs> he's coming down from a pretty high spot in terms of how uh, strong he felt to play. Yeah, I, I'll be very curious to see when, you know, the numbers start coming in for his like stats drawn win rates and things like that, just where he ends up kind of placing. Because, yeah, I'm sort of, I don't know, it wouldn't shock me if I, I'm just feeling underwhelmed, but the card is still quite good. Like, I think, I think Astlor is kind of sneaky, even pre-nerf, pre right? Like, I think it was a card that caught a lot of people a bit off guard, just how good it was. And so, yeah, maybe the the extra curve fixing and things like that is something that kind of um, is easy to gloss over. But I'll wait and see, because I don't know. I, I think it's been kind of a bit weaker than I thought so far. But yeah. yeah. All right. So that wraps it up for all of the uh, the nerfs. And I think they were all kind of kind of things that we expected based upon the uh, the standard meta. Um, do you think that they, you know, missed anything? I mean, obviously, we're not talking about wild, right? They, they, we weren't expecting anything for wild. Do we think they missed anything in standard when it came to nerfs? I, I don't see anything. Like, it seems like the nerfs are actually very well targeted. Even the, um, the decision to leave Mind Warlock alone, um, was something that probably looked very scary, but is probably, like, fine the way it's working out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Nerfs are fine. The meta appears to be kind of very 
<laughs> curved stony aggro decks when you look at a lot of the um the better stuff like the mid-rangey piles so um in a big spell mage evolve shaman pure paladin beast hunter um these decks all feel very samesy and so thief rogue is still like the most popular deck at top play because it just does something different and a lot of players uh don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of options if you don't want to play that same kind of more mid-rangey style but in terms of nerfs i don't think they missed anything really no all right, so now let's hop into all of the buffs that they did as well. Um, so let's start with uh, with Death Knight. Um, let's let's talk about the the Risen Footmans. The, so the Risen Footmans uh, are on a couple of cards in Death Knight, and they got buffed from one twos with taunt uh, to one threes with taunt. And so the two cards uh, that that's relevant for are Bone Guard Commander, which is the eight mana eight eight with taunt. Battle Cry raised up to six corpses with one three footman. It, it's a blood card. It's it's not a good card. Uh, but the one that's super impactful uh, is Battlefield Necromancer. And that is the 2-mana two 2-3, two, uh, two Unholy. Uh, at the end of your turn, raise a corpse as a 1-3 Risen Footman with Taunt. Uh, this is just straight up now a 2-mana 3-6, uh, and even Death Knight uh, kind of on curve. Uh, this card seems very good. It already was pretty good, and now it, now it seems really strong. I mean... This is I if I'm not mistaken, this might have been the card that put Corbin I on the unholy uh even Death Knight train. Like we were really, really high on this card out of the gate because of that hero power into this card curve. It was already proving, you know, once Death or even Death Knight became to be a thing, uh, it was proving to be a very, very strong uh you know, on curve play in that, and now it just got like all the better. Like that one extra stat in um, it, on a taunt in a deck that's entire purpose is to farm other aggressive decks is massive, massive. Uh, like it, it is, it has been a pretty big roadblock and, you know, the few instances that I've encountered it, um, you know, when I've been trying to get to the opponent's face and yeah, that, that one extra health makes a difference that like you can't, um, you can't touch it uh, or touch of Natherism. It's like harder to set up the files if you're playing Warlock. There are a lot of concerns with uh, that that extra stat, and it's just it's just annoying. <laughs> like is really what it comes down to. Yeah, the um the extra stat is so relevant just because like obviously extra stats matter the earlier they happen. So the fact that it's a turn two play that gets an extra stat is big. Um, it's also just like the fact that it protects like the extra stat being taunted just protecting the necro allows the necro to more likely get even more value and so it's more likely to snowball and the snowballing is bigger so it's like it's a very impactful change um necro was already like the best card in the mulligan for even death knight it was right up there with like plague strike molecular um and like there are a couple others that, but necromancer was right there as maybe the best one so now it's kind of just like it, it's your chisel like, it's like, this is your chisel in Even Death Knight. This is the broken mulligan card that you go for. Um, so yeah, uh, is it going to change Death Knight's matchup spread? Not really. Is it going to be 98% favored into Pirate Rogue? Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's, that's where we're at with this one. Yeah. It seems like such a weird target for a, a buff for what it's worth. I feel like the nerfs very much felt on the money. The buffs, as we'll get further into, seemed a little bit more confusing. Very, very much so. I mean, it's just further evidence for my stance that buffs bad, nerfs good. We're not going to touch that one. Um, let's talk about <laughs> Unholy Frenzy instead. Uh, so Unholy Frenzy going from three mana to two. This is the one Unholy Ruined card that says, uh, choose an enemy minion, your minions attack it, resummon any that die. 
Uh, so this is one that I think I've seen a couple of people speculating about. Do we run this now? Uh, and even Death Knight, what, what is the power of this card? Um, I, I know Corbin and I had this conversation a little bit on stream on Thursday, right after the patch, where it's like, does this really do anything that even Death Knight wasn't already doing? And if not, like, is it better than any of the cards that are in the deck? And really kind of struggled to, to say yes to either of those two questions. Yeah, a, a lot of times when people bring up card suggestions or just deck building in general, I like to ask, well, what problem does that solve for the deck? And this doesn't feel like it solves a problem for even Death Knight that it has or doesn't have cards that do better, right? Like you would just rather have a Plague Strike for the early game removal, which is what this does. And like it just... it. It also requires you to have a board presence a lot of time that like if you have a board presence, you're probably in a winning position already. So how again, what problem does this solve? I don't I don't see any. Yeah, uh, cards that generally like require you to have a certain board, the opponent to have a certain board and you're an aggressive uh, initiative focused deck usually bad like we, we've seen like lots of these types of cards right there was like the resummon all your beasts that died this turn in hunter like horrific um the feast of souls in dh was really bad until they printed the broken warband that made it like specifically okay but like that wasn't like getting thrown in like odd death knight decks and things like that our dk decks a uh, dh decks there we go <laughs> um but yeah so i like i think ruffle's point is like spot on it doesn't really solve an issue it's like situationally powerful when you got it off a school teacher, but that's just because the card is so situational. So I don't think it's a card that you put in your deck. Yeah. All right. So even Unholy Death Knight, they're getting a big buff with the uh, the Necromancer. The Necromancer is a very powerful card now post buff. Um, all right. Let's talk about Undead Druid. Uh, it's totally going to be the best card or best deck after this buff. Uh, Wither, uh, going from two mana to one. Without looking, do you guys remember what Wither does? I do. I do. I have one experience with this card. It was like the first or second week of the expansion, and my opponent played it against me. But I don't think they read the card fully, and I wasn't sure what it did. There was like this moment where they played the card, hesitation. I, I looked at because nothing really happened, and then they conceded. And that's probably the most effective Wither has ever been because it got them out of that game, and they probably removed it from their deck. Yeah, I, I remember what this card does. This card magically turns into 100, uh, 100 dust every time I look at it. So, yeah. that didn't yeah. change. Yeah, well, it's better now. Two mana to one. Uh, still just as unplayable, right? Uh, choose a minion. Cool. Each friendly undead steals one attack and health from it. Of all cards. It's so weird to me. They didn't buff the legendary for Druid. And they instead buffed Wither. And we're about to talk about Priest. Let's talk about High Cultist Basilith, where they buffed this card that was already, I feel like, really, really good. Um... Very strange to me, but we're going to hop in a priest. Uh, they wanted to buff a whole bunch of the undead priest synergies. Uh, let's start with the, the legendary High Cultist Basilith. Was a 5-mana 3-5 Battlecry Resurrect, all friendly undead that died after your last turn. It is now a 4-mana 3-5 with that same text. Uh, this card was already like probably the reason you wanted to be playing undead priest, because it's it was really, really good. Um, you just like the undead support wasn't there. And now at 4-mana seems you know even stronger the question is do we have the undead support right i feel like um i don't know i i spent like an hour and a half trying to play this card and um either my opponents died or like i just didn't 
get a setup for it. Like it, it seemed pretty underwhelming, even in a, um, you know, pretty aggressive, uh, undead oriented, uh, shadow priest deck. And I don't know, like, I, I like, it just felt clunky to set up turns for <laughs> like, you have to get your, you have to get your stuff to die, which you're sad about, but then like, they come back, uh, but your opponent still has board initiative and can just go over the top of a lot of them. So, like, in in Wild, at least, it just feels eh, kind of underwhelming. Uh, another card, though, uh, I, I do feel like um, got a pretty relevant buff uh, within this package. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I think the card Ruffle's talking about here is the, the three-drop uh, Haunting yeah. Nightmare. Uh, was the three-mana 3-3. Three, three. Battle cry, haunt a card in your hand when you play it. Summon a three-three soldier. Uh, it is now a four-three. Uh, Death bottle, haunt a card in your hand when you play that card. Summon a four-three soldier. Uh, important to note the four-three is not undead, but uh, but this card is itself undead. Um, I'm surprised to hear you weren't like super high on the Basslift. I and I was playing the the undead aggro priest, and it actually felt pretty good. Um, you either like if you're an aggressive mirror, you like you trade off your stuff, and then you just get a huge board swing or if you're playing against a control deck you force them to clear which then you get to bring them back with these um yeah i i was i, I was also super high on the haunting nightmare it was actually much better as a 4-3 very it, it it's what mountain fire armor wanted to be right the uh that that warrior card but yeah big fan of big fan of both of those a little bit surprised you weren't you know super high on the four drop it, it just felt like again because of like the 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 timing of the uh the Basilef as well like you you can't dictate the the trades in a way to um to actually get payoff from him very easily and um like it just felt like i don't know a lot of times my minions just really wanted to go face and the opponent's hero just kept exploding before like i could set up a a Basilef turn like don't get me wrong i did well with the deck uh, but a lot of that felt carried by the uh, the haunting nightmare, just because like yeah, one stat again, big deal early in the turns, but it also like has the the ripple effect of like the soldier is also buffed now, so you you know um, you're kind of getting a, a bit of double dipping on um, on the buff for this one, and you know in an aggressive pre stack like the those stats make a difference. They change the breakpoints for setting up your uh, hero powers and or mind blast, so. Yeah, this is the card that felt like it, you know, made a difference uh, in in my experience. But it, it could have just been, you know, situationally, I couldn't set up those uh, those big, um, you know, legendary turns. But um, or maybe I was just doing something wrong and not setting them up properly. Yeah, I really like the uh, the Basilith buff. Um, like Meath said, I, I think the Cubs already like kind of a big reason to try and play the deck. But now at four, I, I think it's like an appropriate. Um, sort of build around like a, a payoff and bomb uh, in like undead shadow. So I think like once the deck has just a few more sort of undead minions in general, that obviously significantly increases the deck, uh, the card strength and stuff. Um, so you're somewhat light right now, but hopefully whether it's a mini set or just like future expansions, like if the if the density gets a bit more high, uh, gets a bit higher, then you know it might be a real alternative. So. I don't know. I, I liked it. I just think it's kind of lacking like a, a card or two, um, particularly because they chose not to buff the neutral, uh, the neutral undead package as well. Yeah, I, 
I will say the Haunting Nightmare, there may be a bug. Uh, I don't know if you guys experienced this ever. I don't know if it was just a one-time thing, but I rezzed a Haunting Nightmare off of my Basilisk, and the card that the rezzed Haunting Nightmare haunted didn't summon a 4-3 when I played it. Um, I don't know if that's like actually a real bug, but uh, just just be we, be beware. If anybody else experiences that, then uh, then we know it's actually a thing. We can... Uh, spam uh deck tech on twitter about it because that's totally the right way to go about reporting bugs um <laughs> uh i say that with jess obviously uh the last priest card here is uh bone caller uh was a four mana two four with taunt death rattle resurrect a friendly undead that died this game uh it is now a four mana two five uh with the same text important to know that bone caller itself is not undead um i don't know did we ever find anything cute to do with this like, is there a sweet undead minion we're bringing back? Because if not, then the, the sap buff doesn't do anything. Right, and even, like, this is this is kind of weird in that this is a minion that kind of wants to die. <laughs> so, like, making it harder <laughs> to die feels a little bit a, a little bit bad. Uh, like, it, yeah, it's a buff, but it's, like, it's also kind of a feels-bad buff just because it's harder to die now, and you don't get the payoff that you're looking for as quickly, so. All right. Let's uh, not spend too much time on that because that still seems super unplayable. Let's move into Warlock. Uh, the Undead Package and Warlock getting a slight buff. Uh, let's quickly talk about Infantry Reanimator. Uh, so this was a 6-mana 4-4. Four, four. Battlecry, Resurrect a Friendly Undead, Give It Reborn. Uh, this has now been buffed to 5-mana. I think the big Undead minion that's relevant in Warlock is the Legendary that we're about to talk about. And that is Darkon Drathir. Uh, was an 8-mana 6-6 six, six undead with lifesteal. At the end of your turn, deal 6 to the enemy hero. Uh, it is now 7-mana 6-6. Six, six. So it's a 7-mana 6-6, six, six, deal 6, heal 6. Uh, the turn that it comes down, potentially, uh, can repeat that over and over again. Um, so yeah, uh, undead package. I think Drithia is just solid card now, um, even if you're doing undead stuff or not. But do we like the infantry reanimator to maybe try and do like an undead thing? So... Uh, opinions on those two cards. I mean, I played a version of this before the the nerfs, and it felt okay. Just with like early game warlock clear, throw some cubes in there, get yourself a bunch of uh, darkons. Um, feels pretty good. The infantry re reanimator felt like one of the big power spikes, so that getting a buff is going to be a big deal. I don't know that you ever want to play uh, the darkon uh, from hand all that much. You want to summon it from Frolish Behemoth or the uh, Amorphous Slime. Or bring it back with the uh, infantry reanimator. So, like, I, I don't know how big of a deal that is, other than like, you're out of resources, you, or you're, you know, just a finishing play to kill the opponent. But that's going to happen later than uh, turn seven or eight anyway. So, um, I think the uh, the reanimator might be a bigger deal um, than the uh, the darken in that type of deck. Whereas now, if you're not doing that and you are just playing like arena lock or something like that. Maybe you consider a seven mana deal six heal six. Um, I I don't know, um, but it, it's overall a better card quality. But in that specific deck, I don't know how much the uh, the mana reduction for the legendary uh, makes a difference. Uh, yeah, I really like the the legendary in this like Reno warlock. Um, it kind of reminds me of when they buffed Behemoth. It's it's not quite as strong I think as Behemoth, but in terms of this like. Late game bomb, like um, immediate healing. The fact that it has lifesteal means, you know, like, like it, it's gonna heal a lot. <laughs> like you managed to get this down the same way that Behemoth like can heal a lot. So 
Uh, yeah, really strong late game bomb that isn't useless in some of the slow matchups because that immediate damage. Um, um, so Warlock, they didn't do this in class order. I just realized we're moving back around to to Demon Hunter, uh, Vengeful Walloper. So this was the zero mana five five, uh, Outcast card. Uh, it's it was seven mana five five rush cost almost for each Outcast card that you've played this game. Uh, at six mana now instead of seven, it's almost always a zero mana. 5-5. Five, five. Um, I was playing a little bit of Demon Hunter on the early patch, and it was actually super relevant. The fact that I was getting this out a turn or two earlier every time because of the mana discount. Um, I don't know, Corb, you've been uh, talking a little bit about this Outcast Demon Hunter deck. Uh, this, like, aggro Outcast Demon Hunter. Is it real? Like, does the Walloper buff actually make that deck real and wild? Um, I think the deck was kind of already real before the Walloper buff. So, <laughs> uh... This is one of the best, like, off-meta decks that I've been playing. Um, like, I think the deck, like, has been getting more and more refined. So, like, I'm very happy with where the builders sort of ended up now. It was it was a tricky tricky deck to kind of put together, I think. Um, but yeah, like, it feels really, really strong. Some of the early game high rolls that you have, like, with Metamorphin and Philosophy, it is busted as hell. Uh, so yeah, I really, really like this deck. I've... I mean, I've been saying my version was not refined, but I've been preaching the the Outcast <laughs> Demon Hunter for a while now. It's also a really fun deck to play. It's a really active. Um, and then on top of that, this is like this was the big payoff. This was the reason to play that deck. And it coming out a turn earlier, not, maybe not even just it coming out a turn earlier, because you mentioned philosophy. This is a really important hit for philosophy, so you can get like two or three out a turn earlier as a result of this and as a result of the copies with additional stats like this. I mean, the deck felt close already. I can't imagine what it's looking like with uh, with the Vengeful Walloper. And over time, we're only going to get more and more impactful like outcast cards in the wild format. So this is one to definitely keep an eye on. Yeah, the, the deck just feels awesome. Like, it's so fun. Um, one of the most fun decks in wild right now, for sure. Yeah. All right. So Walloper buff, I think one of the the biggest buffs so far that we've talked about uh all right moving into mage raffle i'm gonna come to you for this one uh and that is energy shaper uh energy shaper was a four mana three five that said battle cry transform all spells in your hands into ones that cost two more that keep their original cost it is now a three mana three four so yes you don't maybe have as many cards in hand uh but you get to do it earlier and maybe play those spells uh even faster how are you feeling about energy shaper Oh my god, this is one of my favorite cards of the, the expansion. The, the two of these, it's like they buff these cards just for me. Because they're they're not great, but they're very fantastic. Energy Shaper um, has consistently been like one of the you know most fun that I've had uh, with new expansion cards. And the, the mana reduction is a huge deal because like the best way to play an Energy Shaper is immediately following an evocation. And uh, now that becomes a lot easier to do so like that's that's like a real real big deal um that he's at a lower mana cost rather than like um you know having a slightly different effect so um yeah i'm excited to to try that again um and then vast wisdom also uh took a mana uh reduction um which maybe makes it like worth a look in quest mage <laughs> I, I i don't know for sure like that seems kind of uh like it's just research project but one-sided right yeah and, I, was like, say, I don't even think it's a maybe uh yeah that's wisdom just to remind people is the discover two spells that cost three or less swap their costs and now cost two mana um 
I think this is like a slam dunking quest mage. I also think it like might just be good enough for like generic mage decks like Reno Mage. Mate. I was trying out on Secret Mage. I'm not sold on that one, but uh, I think Fast Wisdom is. Hey, hey, I was I was off the deep end uh, on Patch Day. Okay, uh, yeah, Fast Wisdom seems really good though, especially in Quest Mage. Um, Corb, how are you feeling about the the two mage buffs? Um, I'm happy about Energy Shaper because Ruffles happy, so that's good. <laughs> um, and I'm not happy about Vast Wisdom because it made my Quest Mage opponents happy, which does not make me happy. Uh, Vast Wisdom is broken in Quest Mage. Uh, like the the card is just broken in Quest Mage, so. Yeah, that's there's, um, that's concerning. There's also like the uh, the scroll card that you can get that just like gives you a zero mana card with no downside because then it just converts to something else as well. So it can like give you an immediate like zero mana payoff and then like get you something useful. There, yes. there are there are a lot of zero mana mage spells. Like there are you, between the two discovers. Like I feel like you see one almost not not almost every time, but like a lot of the time you see a zero cost spell. So um like vast wisdom is fantastic right because if you just break it down it's like it's a double magic trick in one card awesome like super efficient and then like you you get the best card at the lower cost and you can like situationally take like either the cheapest cards for quest completion or you can look for very specific counters like you go for objection against the combo deck or you take a flame ward or like like you take like they're just like really good efficient choices um, and so it's completely broken. Like, like, like you said, recent project one sided. Like, like, but better. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I I'm not a Which fan of disgusting. quest mage going away from coins and back to the random generation. That that's yeah yeah it's way more tilting, which yeah. is great. So. Oh god, not looking forward to that. All right, uh, quest mage buffs exactly what we asked for. Happy for that. Um, moving into paladin, uh, time warden. So this was the dragon uh, that said until the. <clears throat> until the end of your next turn dragons you summon gain taunt and divine shield uh it was a four mana three five is now a three mana three four have you messed with this at all ruffle does this change any interactions that we should be keeping an eye out for i I've, it hasn't i haven't played it since the uh the buff but i was playing it like in its original state and it just felt kind of meh <laughs> like it it doesn't have that immediate effect on the board that you need from a, um, a a card in the wild format. And even, like, this is one where it's a little bit weird, too, because in actuality, the earlier it gets played, probably the less it does. Um, because, like, you know, going from turn three, you play this to four, you're probably only playing one dragon that turn, so you're giving, like, one dragon the effect. Um, you know, that effect is of course higher impact because it's earlier in the in the game, but like I don't know. Other than maybe solving some of the awkward curves that the deck has, um I don't know what this does, but like the deck has a lot more problems than just awkward curves. <laughs> so I don't know if like um, you know, three mana dragon is nice to have for the future, but probably not going to make it into a meta deck. Yeah, it feels like we need dragon cult arms, right? that summons three well, dragons from your deck or something like oh well i mean it can just be it could be gold to arms me up we just need to drag an expansion a whole bunch of premium paladin dragon two drops and you just play this gold to arms bang i feel like well, we've had like four dragon expansions at this point we still don't have a two right. dragon for paladin yeah i'm still <laughs> waiting for that cathedral gargoyle support you know one day the the thing well and that's the point is that like there will never be called arm support for a in a dragon deck because dragons tend to have battle cries so you're just going to like not yeah. get 
value off of them so so that's there needs to be something uh different like a some other form of mana cheat and or payoff for uh for running the dragons in your deck yeah it feels very out of place i'm not gonna lie uh even with the buff all right let's move into warrior here warrior was dead in standard looks like it's getting a whole set of buffs um and so let's start with the cards from this recent expansion uh starting with the legendary asvidon the grand shield uh so this was the the legendary that was a three three battle cry cast a copy of the last spell your opponent played uh is now a three mana three four with taunt with the same battle cry uh all like four odd warrior players rejoicing because the cards that they're putting in their deck are slightly less bad um right yeah yeah i mean yeah <laughs> maybe you ran it in a, a reno warrior if you're playing that for some reason um that's yeah cards better but like what the card does is not really a thing <laughs> so like yeah you just made a bad card better and it's still a bad card yep um <laughs> i literally have nothing i <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> I don't have a bit i don't have i i, I go nothing i can tell you a story about one of the greatest games of Hearthstone i've ever played in which um, Asphodon, the Great Shield, recast my opponent's Potion of Illusion, and they didn't really have any other spells in hand, so I just got to churn through um, Asphodons. Uh, I lost that game because I was still a warrior, uh, but now maybe I would have not lost that game because he would have been getting taunt every time that I played him instead of uh, just, like, the opponent bashing me in the face, so. That, yeah, it's not going to change no. the outcome of that game, no. Uh, I guess the thing that it does do now, uh, because it has Taunt, is that it gets tutored off of Last Stand, uh, which got kind of completely reworked. Uh, so it used to be a, a four-mana draw Taunt minion double its stats, which I remember when this was revealed. We were very confused. Still still a little confused as to what the hell we were trying to do with that. Um, they've completely reworked it. It is now a one-mana spell that says draw a Taunt minion mana thirst seven double its stats. So it's a little bit like the uh, the Paladin spell um that says like discover a dragon and then manather seven make the five five uh dragon so it's a little bit more in line with that um and so you can tutor your asphodon in your odd warrior deck so that you can play it on curve and then still do nothing in your odd warrior deck um yeah i mean i think this is what it should have been for the the get-go i still just don't think it does anything i like i'm still confused by this card because they reduced its mana cost so that it could be played earlier but then they made the manather so steep that it's like you're never like what's the point of reducing its mana cost at that stage in the game i think is my confusion because like doubling the stats turn seven and beyond certainly in the wild format is like what are you doing with that and then like i, I i'm still confused by this card this this buff even confuses me because like does it even end up speeding up whatever you're trying to do with the card probably guess- not I guess it's like a town crier now, right? Like, if, if there is a taunt minion that you eventually have that is, like, super important to your game plan, like a crab rider and enrage warrior, like, it, it, that's what it is. And, like, a... the doubling the mana thirst is, like, or the doubling stats on the mana thirst is just, like, pure extra gravy on top, right? We're I think we're very far away from a point where we have a deck that gives a crap about the taunt minions, but that's kind of how I'm picturing it. Like, I don't think it's a good card, but it might have a I role mean... down the line, right? 
Townsire is played because it's also a one-two yeah. body. There's another rush fetch available to Warrior that is not played because it doesn't come with a body, right? So, like, the body is the thing that uh, separates Town Crier. This just... I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this very specific combo tutor down the road, you know? Like, right. an Ignite Mage-style deck, right? Except the combo piece of the Taunt minion for some reason. And um, it, you're also, like... Combo Warrior. <laughs> right, and you're also comboing <laughs> after turn seven, or like no, finding... no, no, not even the, not even just the stat buff, just like draw the taunt minion, like just to be able to tutor. Draw your gnome or get infantry. Like right. it, that's it. Be that's a really like, good taunt minion. <laughs> it to, yeah, it has to be like a yeah, taunterous apprentice, and then we can start talking. Okay. Oh gosh, um, yeah. All right, last odd warrior buff, uh, disruptive spellbreaker. Uh, was a 5-mana 4-5 that said at the end of your turn your opponent discards a spell. It's now a 5-mana 4-6. Um, I mean, I, I will say, card. Spellbreaker like, was already a decent card in a really, really bad deck. It is now a slightly better card in still a very bad deck. And for me, it, like this buff actually makes a difference right or makes sense to me, right? Because the you want the Disruptive Spellbreaker to stay on board so that you can have you know multiple triggers it, it, so giving them health makes sense right like it, it makes more sense than like the bone collar or whatever buff where it's like a minion that wants to die gets health this minion wants to live so we're helping him stay alive that said like there's there's no deck for him in a while but uh, i love this card uh yep i mean kind of an important one for old warrior but you know uh yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I need another drink because of these spicy changes. They're, they're <laughs> too spicy for me. Whoa, whoa, don't don't get raffle started. Come on. Um, one last, I guess we still have two last buffs. Uh, Remornia Living Blade. Uh, I'm happy this is getting a little bit of love because I think this card is sweet, even though it wasn't great. Uh, this is the one that starts as a minion. When it attacks, it becomes the weapon, and then when you attack as the weapon, it goes back as a minion that still has rush, and then you can attack again and it can become a weapon. You keep going until it dies. Um. It now has one extra attack, which I think is is sweet when you, especially when you convert it into the weapon form. Um, that being said, I don't think it really changes anything in Wild, but uh, it's a sweet card. I'm glad it's getting a little bit of love. Hopefully, it becomes playable in Standard. I don't know if you guys have anything else to add to that. Just uh, reiterate what you said, like the the attack because you're the plus attack because you're attacking with it multiple times has a higher impact. So it's it's a cool buff on a cool card that people like. So this one. It makes sense even if it's not super playable. All right. And then last but not least, the Reverting Nelly. Partly. Kind of. Sort of. Um, yeah. So Nelly is the uh, the Pirate Warrior Colossal Minion. Um, with the... Uh, it used to say, uh, discover three pirates, add them to your hand, they cost one. They absolutely neutered it uh, so that they cost one less. They are now slightly less neutering it. I don't know what the phrase is that I'm going to go with here, but uh, they now cost two less. Um, if Pirate Warrior was still a deck, I think it would like, I think it would like this, right? Because the only thing you're really sad to to see is like Smite not getting discounted all the way to one, but all of your other pirates are like two or three. Yeah, it still I don't think makes a difference in Wild. I don't. Yeah, I don't think the card was that strong in Wild in its original state. It's, really? I, okay. I like. I don't think it's going to see play in this state at at all. I honestly, it feels hard for it to like things have sped up in standard too. 
like would the original like the full reversion really break standard again when warrior is so desperate for help right now and uh, like maybe because like of the brand issues and but from the depths was a big enabler for this so like i don't know like this card isn't going to save warrior in either format uh, with with this change it, it yeah yeah i'm looking forward to the full revert in uh 2024 yeah i i don't even know if that'll if they'll do that we'll see we'll see but uh yeah, uh, so without getting Raffle started on his thing about buffs, uh, how are we feeling about uh, all of these buffs that, outside of Vast Wisdom and uh, Walloper and, I guess, Battlefield Necromancer, right? Like, how are we feeling about all the buffs for Wild? Um, it, it, it seems strange which cards they chose because they they buffed a lot of unplayable cards to the point of remaining to that did nothing and then simultaneously seemed to like buff some cards that were already pretty good into being even better so like fast wisdom and uh walloper in particular <laughs> like fit but that build like those cards were already already strong um and then or already strong enough like vast wisdom wasn't great but like uh, a mana change to to a spell like that is, is a pretty big deal so like i don't know it, it, like and then you can pair that to like the the time ward and the asvidon and basically all of the warrior buffs and it's just like well what actual change does this induce and um you know from the stats in both formats it seems like not a whole lot a lot for for warrior in particular like it's uh it's still struggling it, it like it needed something and like this is something that i i talked about on stream is like the the problem with the warrior cards isn't that their stats aren't enough their mana cost isn't low enough it's just that they do warrior card things right now and like if you're not overhauling the, the cards like you're not going to induce change by buffing them warrior just needs new cards that do more powerful things or synergize better with the uh, the current set of cards and this this doesn't change that it just needs a new influx of cards it needs fewer parasitic mechanics in its expansions it just needs cards that work better together they're not um not like slightly marginally better versions of cards that aren't going to be playable Yeah, I um I generally found the buffs also kind of a bit um confusing. At the same at the same time, like it's really hard to find the right targets for buffs. Uh, just because like uh, giving an extra card like a stat line like an extra stat bump here and there usually doesn't help very much. It it's like it has to be the right type of card, right? Like if Wapol Nor came out at six mana and then they buffed it to five, that's the type of change where that would obviously have significantly pushed like the Frogar type. Yeah, like like some of the changes aren't really going to be doing that. Like things that I would have probably preferred to see would be like the Arcane Hunter minions like get buffed. I think that could have been something that pushed something. Um, Magister's Apprentice. I know it's kind of like a biased core apprentice take, but I think that's something that would have like helped. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's like it's like a few things that I would have preferred to see. Um, that we didn't end up getting like Thori, the uh, the fire legendary in Warrior. Like I think that would have been like a much better one to go after rather than the taunt. <laughs> like I think that could have helped like push people to play that fire package and things like that. So yeah, overall, overall, um, what this entire patch does to Wild, um, like you said, it's kind of like Quest Mage gets better. 
even Death Knight gets better, which I'm not really happy about on either front too much. Um, and then Miracle Road gets deleted, and then there's like one other thing that I think I forgot about. Um, oh yeah, Outcast DH. Yeah, okay, that's a cool one. Yeah, I feel like the buffs. I, I I think buffs are good. I just think that it's super weird the things that they chose to buff, right? Because I think we've talked on the podcast a bunch about, especially stuff like Warrior and Warlock have gotten a bunch of these like parasitic mechanics all three sets throughout the year, and when you don't buff like the entire package, just buffing stats on one or two cards doesn't really change anything. If the goal is to make like what they did to to priest right where they buffed like three cards i feel like you have to consistently do that like i don't i don't think especially the warrior buffs like they don't they don't do anything um like you're not you're not changing the mechanic that was already unplayable to to make it better um so while i'm still in the boat of i think buffs are good for the game i just i'm very confused by what they decided to target and with, the, with the buffs so <laughs> I, I mean not to get too far into it yeah. But like that's that's part of the problem with buffs, right? Because yeah. you're just kind of like there are all in any set of cards, there are always going to be more un, you know underplayed cards than there are like strong, powerful cards that you can tune down. So like you have this big, big pool to choose from, and honestly, sometimes it kind of feels like just reaching your hand in and grabbing some because like maybe that's what <laughs> what it comes down to, it right? Have like to what be other though, right? <laughs> How, how 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 would you like how else do you decide like no, no matter what card we're talking about here there's going to like no matter what set of cards we talk about like it's likely that when they get buffed though like you have this very fine line where it's either you're going to buff it into the point where it's like it's still unplayable or you just break it completely right yeah. like the, the, there's a pretty fine line when you only have so many levers that you can choose uh and to to pull on with uh with buffs so um uh Another thing is that yeah, like this was also just aimed at at standard, um, and we we knew that going in, um, or we knew it was likely going in just because like, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the current meta game in, in Wild right now, but like, there's no clear outlier that meets like the past um, markers for what the team is looking for with Wild balance. There isn't anything that is hit that like trifecta of popularity strength and uh, play pattern that um you know cause those them to intervene right now like the best decks are probably even shaman and even uh, death knight those aren't like those aren't the things that uh make at least most people pull their hair out that but my god if i have to suffer through another even shaman metagame for for too much longer i might uh i i, I i'm i'm I might lose it like it's just such a boring deck to, to play and play against in my opinion and uh even death knight basically has the same play pattern yeah yeah um i i kind of agree with that right the meta might not be the best but again there was no expectation for wild nerves because none of those decks like you said met the kind of the criteria of what we've seen in the past so i know it might not be people's favorite meta game i know people still might not be a big fan of like pillager rogue or secret mage or big priest or things like that but like none of those meet the criteria so there's no reason for any of them to have gotten nerfed um that being said uh just to kind of wrap this up right quest mage got i think got better outcast demon hunter got better i guess slow warlock decks got better if they want to run that new legendary with the undead if if they want to uh and then sorry if if those decks existed (laughs) if, if they existed and wanted to play them 
I don't even know if they have the card because I, I don't even think I do. Uh, and then even Death Knight got a little bit better. Uh, and then getting worse, Miracle Road getting deleted. Um, and then decks that ran Astalor uh, getting obviously a little bit worse uh, as well. Um, I guess one last question kind of just popped into my mind. I, I know we talked a little bit about stuff like Miracle Rogue kind of holding back decks like uh, Even Shaman. Are we are we a little bit scared of where Even Shaman and things like that might go in, in the upcoming metagame? Or you think it's? I mean, I think it's obviously way too early to tell. But what are y'all's like first thoughts about maybe that? I don't know. It feels like Even Shaman uh, is seems to be like a deck that the community is just okay with running away with things uh if, if like history is any indicator like people just seem okay with it i think it's uh you know when it I, i've obviously expressed my opinion on it. i don't need to go back into that but like um i don't i don't know like i, I think that maybe the even death knight can hold it back but is that that much better just because it's new i don't know like um i don't i like it it it, I think it's too early to, to see how things are shaping out. I think it ha the like the patch probably only has a marginal effect on the wild format across ranks because Miracle Rogue was so underplayed outside of like High Legend. I don't know what that's going to do in terms of opening up High Legend play, um, but um, you know probably can't be good. The quest mage is getting better because uh, nobody's playing aggro at high ranks to keep it in check. Uh, yeah, I mean, the meta's kind of going in a different direction. I, like, like, apart from just the, um, the, like, unrelated to the patch, basically, right? Like, it, it just completely unrelated to the patch. I, I think, I mentioned this on Twitter, uh, Disco Warlock is quickly becoming sort of, um, very, very scary and very, very, very popular. So, that's, uh, that's a thing. Um, and Disco Warlock kind of does the same sort of thing that Miracle Rogue did where it's actually even more brutal, it feels like, in terms of pushing back some of the more ball-based stuff. Um, so in terms of, like, the meta being magically opened up, like, I don't think that's what's really happening. I think high ranks are kind of, it feels like right now, sort of reverting to, like, a quasi-disco lock meta from before the patch, where things like Pillager Rogue are becoming more popular, and Secret Mage is very good, and there's a lot of disco warlock, and... Shadow Walk, Shadow Walk uh, has sort of dropped in play rate a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure for like the bulk of ladder, uh, even Shaman, Pyrook, even Death Knight, <laughs> like a same old, same old, nothing really changed. And um, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the fear of Disco Lock is that it'll probably be more likely to catch on than a Miracle Rogue because it is uh, much easier to pick up and go. It plays very similarly to, you know, there are different versions floating around still, uh, but it either plays very similar to like a, a Mechathune lock or with a faster combo that's kind of scary, or a, um, you know, just like the old disco lock where you just rip the Cataclysm and say go. Um, so like there's a, it, it, yeah, like the, I, I played a bit of disco lock um, earlier this week and it feels, it feels good. <laughs> Like, like as a deck it doesn't feel good to play it doesn't feel good to play against um it's the good news is it's nowhere near where it was uh prior to the tome tampering ban but like it's still pretty gross uh like cataclysm is a uh is a powerful enabler when you have both soul barrage and uh fist of jaraxxus and like expired merchant into soul barrage is a lot of damage yeah yeah all right so answering the question of is even shaman going to be 
the fabled TRS, right? Uh, no, because Discord World still exists. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into it, I think, next week is our, at least the plan is, was going to be talking about all these decks and things like that. So we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit more next week. Uh, but yeah, maybe you guys should be playing Discord Warlock if you're tired of even Death Knight and uh, even Shaman. Yeah. Or if you uh, personally want to, to make Ruffle a little bit mad, uh, play some Discord Warlock. Well, we got codes everywhere over on Twitter. So, but yeah, patch patch happened a couple days ago. Hopefully you guys uh, are enjoying the meta. I uh, just gave you guys a little bit of crap. But hope you guys enjoy the meta. Hope everybody out there uh, that's listening uh, is enjoying the new patch as well. Make sure you guys don't forget to dust all of your cards for full dust value. Uh, Raffle and Corb, thanks again for joining me tonight. Uh, let the people know where they can find you guys and uh, your post-patch content. Uh, yeah, you can find me streaming on both uh, Twitch and YouTube at uh, Raffle on both platforms. And you can find me uh, on Twitch at Corbett and Corbett Games on Twitter and YouTube. All right, you guys can find me at Get Me Off on all those platforms as well. Appreciate you guys listening all the way to the end, and uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Later. Later.